the upcoming presentation is a two-man power trip of wrestling podcast production. Let's get it going right here and right now. This is the New Generation Declassified, and you're listening to a brand new New Generation Declassified exclusively here on the two-man power trip of wrestling podcasting empire. If you didn't know by now, my name is Chad, and every single week we sit down and we talk about an aspect of the new generation, and we break it down, and we give you some information, we give you our side of the story, and we give you a little tidbit or two to reflect on the years of the WWF's new generation, the mid-1990s, a little bit a change of pace in terms of what the WWF had gone through up to that point, going from the absolute dominance of the 80s and early 90s into a period where it was just kind of there. It was the WWF kind of stabilizing themselves and just kind of being around. But every week here on New Generation Declassified, we resurrect another topic. We resurrect something that you probably forgot about. And a lot of people might not have even seen it. And that's the feedback we keep hearing. I didn't ever even knew this existed. I didn't know that happened. I didn't know this person was in the WWF at that point. That's the beauty of New Generation Declassified. Not reinventing the wheel, but at least uh, sharpening the, uh, the, the wheel enough where it can ride on and on into the sunset because hopefully you learn something after this is all said and done. But like I said, my name is Chad, and here every week I'm joined by the Crack Broadcast team, who has been given the week off as we delve into uh, next week's topic. We said on last week's show it would be this week's topic, but uh, next week's topic is going to be a discussion of the British Bulldog and Shawn Michaels and their very controversial feud at the time that lasted into the uh, late spring early summer of 1996 uh seeing one diana hart get involved and perhaps uh accuse the heartbreak kid of some uh pretty bad accusations those would be called uh, me too accusations these days and they probably wouldn't fly and they probably wouldn't be allowed to be mentioned in a storyline but we're going to talk about that next week when everybody returns uh, hopefully uh, we get through this one pretty easily. It should be a fun one to chit chat about talking about Coliseum video. Now Coliseum video to me personally is the pinnacle of why I am a wrestling fan. If it wasn't for Coliseum video, I probably wouldn't even be here because I literally use these things as study guides and uh, almost uh, uh, the, the Bible of sorts. Uh, because it was an absolute uh, treasure every time you went to the video store and grabbed either the new Coliseum video or an old one and watched it 900 times like I did. Uh, but this era of Coliseum video is the interesting one because of the fact that, you know, we think of Coliseum video for the most part, and I think we're going to think about the golden era, the, the 1980s. We're going to think about the big clamshell cases that were around from about 1985 to 1988 
um, and all the iconic shows, you know, your WrestleMania ones, two, three, four, five, you know, we're going to think about those shows or the Hulkamania tape series or uh, my personal favorite, the Macho Madness Coliseum video. We're going to think about those. I'm going to say before we think about some of the Coliseum videos of the new generation, which guess what? If you haven't seen any of them, if you've never even known there were outside of the pay-per-views Coliseum video releases, um, I'm going to tell you about them today, but I'm also going to suggest a few of them to you as well, because some of these are almost like required viewing for new generation declassified, almost like a, uh, a companion of sorts because of the fact some of the matches recorded here were never released anywhere else up until, you know, some DVD releases have had them, but a lot of these were not released on a primetime wrestling or on any of the syndicated shows. And the only place you were going to see them was on Coliseum video. And at the time you had to really either get them out of the magazine or you got them from your video store. And that was the, the two ways you got them. You could not get these in a retail establishment. You couldn't walk into Suncoast video or nobody beats the whiz or, uh, or Caldor or Kmart or Bradley's and find more than, you know, I would say the traditional Coliseum video. We'll talk about the ones you could get in retail stores uh, in the, maybe in the middle part, but the traditional uh, compilation tapes you could not get in a retail location like we do today. Hey, look, oh, the, the well, this is a few years ago. Now you probably just wait for it to come streaming. But when the you know the DVDs and the Blu-rays were coming out, you'd run to Best Buy, you'd run to Walmart, and you'd wait for Tuesday for the new release to come out. You'd be sitting there, and once it was on the shelf, pluck, yoink, you'd take it and you'd run. And I, the last one I remember kind of chasing was either the CM Punk Blu-ray or the first Macho Man Blu-ray that came out. I think it was the Macho Man story was the, the last. That's got to be the last one I remember going out of my way to get uh, the day it came out and, and watching it. But these back in the day, let's go back to 1993. Uh, they... they they took a little bit of time for the Coliseum releases to come out. At least it's how I felt it was. I have release date schedules in front of me. I, I don't remember them being so rapid uh, for the most part. But here's the thing about video stores and how they operated back in the day. They didn't always carry every single tape. So you would go a few without knowing some of them existed unless you either went to another video store or you had the WWF magazine. Uh, my video store close to home, it was called West Coast Video. They had, I would say, about 90% of the video releases that were coming out. Now, there were other video stores in the area that I would come to find out had every single tape in the catalog, like top to bottom, uh, you know, no two ways around it. Every single one that would come out, these stores had. And, you know, fortunately, as a uh, as a young one, I didn't get to partake in some of those uh, uh, glorious establishments. But uh, my home base, the West Coast Video, and there was a couple other local chains that you could pop into uh, maybe to fill in some gaps. But mine had a good portion of them and would have them either in the new release section or would just drop them right into the, the wrestling section. And, man, I would be right on top of it um, you know, to, to get it as soon as it came out. And, you know, again, we think of home, home video releases. We think of the pay-per-views. So if you really want to kick off uh, when the first Coliseum video to drop during the new generation era, it's actually Survivor Series 1992. So if we look at our chronological, uh, you know, timeline, we say that either 
The Bret Hart title victory over Ric Flair in 92 uh, was the launch of the new generation, or I believe it was the Monday Night Raw debut in January 93. Well, whichever way you slice it, the 92 Rumble comes out in February 1993. And guess what? That's the first new generation drop. But it kind of shows you a changing of the guard. So the Macho Man and Mr. Perfect battle, uh, Ric Flair and Razor Ramon, in the you know quote unquote main event, it would be basically the the mid card main event, and the main event of the show would be Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart um, in a kind of title for title match. They were both champions, but it, both of them weren't on the line. So take that for what you will. But that's a long time for that to come out. So that's November to February for that pay per view uh, to come out on home video, and a lot of the the players are gone at that point. You know, the British Bulldog was supposed to uh, have an Intercontinental title match at that show. So he's completely out of it. Uh, the ultimate warrior who was replaced by Mr. Perfect is completely out of the company at this point. So you're kind of going back and watching like a different era, almost uh, only a few months prior to when this tape comes out on, uh, on home video. Uh, but the weird thing I find about it is that it comes out on the same day as the 1993 Royal rumble and the 1993 Royal rumble really was only a few weeks before. So you got one sped up process and getting the 93 rumble out there, but the 92 survivor series comes out on the same day. It's February 11th, 1993. And if you want to chronologically uh, count up all the Coliseum video releases, the survivor series release is number 110 and the Royal rumble is not uh, number 111. So you would check on the side of the spine of the Coliseum video when you would see the number, it would say, I think it would say WF, and then the number. Um, and if you were to be a completist and you put them on your shelf, you would have them in the number order, not necessarily pay-per-view order and not necessarily show order. You would have them in the number order uh, to make sure you kept up with your uh, Coliseum video uh, timeline. Um, but the first compilation that hits in 1993 it's called wrestling's grudge matches now it's a recycled title because in the mid 80s they did release a grudge matches uh coliseum video but that's back in the clamshell case it's a big blue box and it is massive but the grudge matches you know it's kind of a go-to title but it features a lot of matches from 1992 so here you are you're 93 you're watching these young guns start to come out and take over the scene but you're going back and you're watching, you know, Typhoon taking on Kamala. You're you're watching uh, Virgil and the Big Boss Man against the Beverly Brothers. And these are matches that are not really what you're going to be seeing in 1993. A lot of those guys are starting to get phased out. Um, you know, the main event quote of the tape in the compilation is The Undertaker battling Ric Flair with Mr. Perfect. So at this point in 93, you're seeing Mr. Perfect's a, a baby face. But... No, on this tape, he's still the executive consultant to Ric Flair, and he's taking on The Undertaker, and Flair's still the world champion, which he is not at that point in 93. So uh, just kind of interesting to see you know, how these things took a while to get out there because it didn't necessarily sync up to what was going on on TV. But I love the compilation matches. I love the Coliseum video presentation. And whether or not it's, it's Sean Mooney, and Lord Alfred Hayes on the call, or you do get Bobby Heenan and Gorilla Monsoon or a variation of Gorilla Monsoon and Lord Alfred Hayes. You got to see a sneak peek into these TV tapings that we've talked about these hours and hours worth of television tapings and the matches that they recorded. 
and you kind of get that appreciation for the work ethic of the guys and that they were able to come back in and out and in and out of the ring in one night span. And, and a lot of these you'll see, you know, if you really look at the dates, a lot of them are kind of filmed in the same spots um, and just kind of broken up. Like on grudge matches, there's a few matches taped in Landover, Maryland. There's a few matches taped in Dayton, Ohio. There's a couple in West Palm Beach. And actually the infamous um, October 12th, 1992 house show or TV taping um, from Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, which is where Bret Hart wins the WWF title. Well, guess what? On this tape, you're getting to see uh, Tito Santana battling Terry Taylor to a 10-minute time limit draw. So uh, kind of funny that the matches that they would select off of these uh, cards for these tapes were, you know, all over the map. But it was basically what we were used to in terms of a presentation. It wasn't always main event guy taking on main event guy or huge marquee match every single week on television. You kind of were, this is the only place you were going to see Bob Backlund uh, defeat WWF Intercontinental Champion Shawn Michaels via countout. You weren't going to see that on a lot of places. So it's very, very cool to see how they put these together. But, you know, the covers were the ones that grabbed you. And at that point, what they had switched to was a very glossy uh, traditional VHS box with a like tear at the top that had the Coliseum video in like a metallic silver that it just pops off the page. It's got some raised text to it. A lot of really hard work put into it. And the artwork is just out of this world. And the uh, the grudge matches artwork features it's very cool it's different it's papa shango and the macho man with a little bit of like a paper tear in between them and that's the match that kicks off this tape so very cool not something you'd see you know generally sitting on the rack somewhere so that's why these things were always uh so special but you know you get your wrestlemania 9 you get some special uk releases that wouldn't hit the united states uh uk rampage one that i'm uh speaking of specifically uh but in 93 we had to wait all the way to April to see Bret Hart defeat Ric Flair for the WWF championship uh, on the tape that a lot of people do remember from this era. Smack 'em, whack 'em released April 22nd, 1993 tape number 114 featuring this match that, you know, it was shown on primetime wrestling. I believe I would have to have the crack broadcast team uh, for my uh, benefit to help me with that. But you waited and waited to see Bret Hart in that full match. It's a 26 minute match. Can you imagine having to wait almost six months to see this come out on, on a home video release and have it in your possession and the tape itself, whereas grudge matches had a ton of matches. This one does not have as many, but it's the same length. And I think that's because a lot of the Coliseum video hijinks kind of played into, uh, into play here because in the Coliseum video stuff, you would get things like, you know, a uh, cooking segment, or you'd get something like, uh, you know, bowling with Kamala, or you'd get, you know, Reverend, Reverend slick, Shows you, uh, you know, how to sing gospel. Like you got these little interludes between the matches, um, not necessarily promos, but little like um, sketches almost. And very well produced, very well done. You know, most of the time they're filmed in the Connecticut area. Um, you know, and in, in earlier tapes in the early 90s, they had themes of like, you know, attempting to get the master copy of the VHS to, uh, you know, the television studio to get it printed, like cool stuff. Very funny, very sticky, very WWF uh, related. 
uh, storylines for the tapes themselves that would just kind of carry throughout, kind of having a comedic sense, uh, but just very corny. Um, but still, if you look back, you get a little bit of a, a little twinkle in your eye thinking about uh, some of it. But look, no slouch. You get a couple Bret Hart matches. You get Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels in the very first ladder match on this tape. That's from Octo- uh, excuse me, July 21st, 1992 in Portland, Maine. Now, this is the match that Bret Hart pitched to Vince McMahon that would be the replacement of... Bret Hart versus the British Bulldog at SummerSlam 92 had SummerSlam 92 taken place in the States. And why do I say that? Well, because the British Bulldog was kind of off on a sabbatical uh, at that point in the summer of 92, um, had been suspended for a drug charge. So whereas they were planning to go into England for SummerSlam, they weren't essentially uh, locked in to do so. So the backup plan was to have SummerSlam 92 in Landover, Maryland at the Capitol Center. And Bret Hart pitched that the Intercontinental title match be Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels in the very first ladder match. Now, ladder matches had taken place in other promotions, just never in the WWF. And Bret Hart talks about in his book that Shawn Michaels didn't even know what a ladder match was. So for all you Shawn Michaels fans out there that think that he's the king of the ladder match, he didn't even know what the damn thing was until Bret Hart had to show him. And basically, Bret Hart wrestled a ladder in Portland, Maine, uh, in July 1992, when they throw this on the tape, so you get Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels in the first ever WWF ladder match with Gorilla Monsoon on the call, uh, which is amazing. Uh, then you get Bret Hart, Kamala, which Bret Hart talked about when Kamala passed away this past year, where that was, you know, it's a good match for a big guy like Kamala taking on a smaller guy like Bret Hart. The psychology is off the charts, but that's a Bret Hart match uh, in and of itself. Um, and then you get Bret Hart, Ric Flair for the world title. Bret Hart wins via the sharpshooter at 26 minutes, 29 seconds from October 12, 1992 when Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. And the rest, they say, is history. What a awesome uh, uh, match to throw on this tape. And then the cover, of course, we can't deny Smack 'em Whack 'em having one of the cooler covers as it's Bret Hart dropping his trademark uh, second rope elbow onto Shawn Michaels from that ladder match. Uh, but how about the main event of the tape? The Undertaker getting it again, taking on now, uh, you know, ascending to the top of the card, uh, Razor Ramon. And this was actually taped uh, the first show of the year, January 4th, 1993 in Beaumont, Texas. Um, so again, can't uh, you can't deny that one. That's one I put on the list, folks. If the network has uploaded Coliseum videos, look for Smack 'em Whack 'em. Great compilation. Uh, just a great array of matches. Uh, and where else are you going to see uh, Crush take on the Berserker uh, in singles competition? Uh, nowhere but smack them, whack them. Uh, but then you get some more traditional Coliseum video releases. You got Bash in the USA. You got Invasion of the Body Snatchers. You got WrestleFest 93, continuing that WrestleFest timeline, um, which those always were really cool. You know, again, they'd have a theme to the actual show. And, you know, whether it was uh, moving into Todd Pettengill, hosting them over Sean Mooney, who would have uh, left the company at that point in 93, you know, they just always manage to uh, keep you entertained. And for WrestleFest 93, it features do-it-yourself car repairs with Bobby the Brain 
Heenan. Do I need to say anything else about that? I mean, that is classic in and of itself. Uh, Global Warfare, 1993, tape number 120. This one is a personal favorite of mine because you got to see matches from throughout the uh, European uh, nations. You got to see them in Sheffield, England. You got to see them in Paris, France. You got to see them in Barcelona. Uh, one match I wish that they could have put on this tape, uh, which would have been perfect, was there's a very rare victory from Barcelona, Spain, uh, of Tito Santana defeating The Undertaker. I believe it was from 92, but it, if they didn't do a Global Warfare in 92 or a World Tour in 92, uh, they should have put Tito versus uh, The Undertaker on there. And Tito gets the rare victory with the flying forearm over the dead man. Um would have liked to have seen that on a traditional release, but it's only available, um, I believe, internationally. And you can find it on YouTube now, but I don't think there's American commentary. Um, but Global Warfare is great. Scott Steiner taking on IRS. Again, The Undertaker in the main event of this tape, battling Yoko Zuna uh, from Milan, Italy. I mean, come on, how great is that? But also Bret Hart and Bam Bam Bigelow. That's from Barcelona. That's also on a DVD release of Bret Hart's. Uh, Crush and Shawn Michaels. That's from Sheffield, England. That match is electric. The crowd is off the charts. Um, and the 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 cover for that one, Crush pressing Doink over his head. Um, and that match is actually from Paris, France, uh, April eighth, nineteen ninety three, to be exact. Uh, again, with that Coliseum video uh, logo with the tear at the top and just uh, popping off the uh, the the absolute, uh, you know text to the page uh so cool uh, and just so different um but then you get SummerSlam 93 you get grudges gripes and grunts which was released on my birthday in 1993 now here's where i'll point out something on grudges gripes and grunts this is one of my personal favorite ones because it had one of the rarest matches of the era on the tape as it had the mega maniacs hulk hogan and brutus beefcake in one of their only tag team matches that would have been recorded from a house show. And it was battling the Beverly brothers, Bo and Blake and the, uh, I don't know why, but the, uh, the mega maniacs get the victory after uh, they use Jimmy Hart's megaphone to knock out uh, uh, both of them and uh, get the victory. But here's Hulk Hogan gone from the company. In that point, he left that King of the ring 1993, but here we are. This is released September 22nd and a match that was recorded in Augusta, Georgia, on March 9th, finally sees the light of day, and you get a Hulk Hogan uh, appearance on a New Generation era WWF Coliseum video. So this, to me, was always one of my favorites, but also had great, uh, great, great legendary match that I do think, believe, made it onto another release at some point, but was another rare, rare, rare match at the time all the way from July 20th, 1992 from Worcester, Massachusetts, the world champion at the time, Randy Savage and the intercontinental champion at the time, Bret Hart defeat Ric Flair and Shawn Michaels with sensational Sherry over a year that sat in the vault over a year. And they showed like some clips of it. They showed um, in the music videos they released. Um, they showed that, uh, which we'll talk about that in a minute here, the music videos, they showed a clip of it, but you got that. So you get a Hulk Hogan and you get this epic tag team match with Randy Savage and Bret Hart against Shawn Michaels and Ric Flair on grudges, gripes, and grunts. 
What a title. I would love to see if Vince McMahon made some of these titles up. I don't think he did. I think some of these came from producers and the people making the Coliseum videos, which had changed a little bit. It wasn't the traditional Coliseum video that we knew from the 80s. I should throw this out there now. I did an interview with John on Two Man Power Trip all the way back in 2015 with one of the original executives from Coliseum Video, and he explained how they got the WWF contract, what the WWF wanted to do with Coliseum Video, and how basically the wrestling tapes took over the the business that was A&H uh, Video in New York City, um, which at the time uh, did a lot of adult movies, um, and I mean adult films, uh, but Coliseum Video overtook their business model, and uh, they ran with it. But the management had changed a little bit in the early 90s, so it was it was kind of a different team putting these together, but still at the at the you know, the, the bottom of the, uh, the rung or the top of the, the food chain, it was Vince McMahon, uh, you know, I'm sure selecting some of the matches, I guess, but I don't know if he was coming up with every title. Um, but then how about this compilations? Look, these are a staple of Coliseum videos model. And the undertaker finally gets his, his dedicated first release, all undertaker matches, his gravest matches released, on December 15th, 1993, tape number 126, featuring Undertaker matches with Bam Bam Bigelow, Yokozuna, The Repo Man, Papa Shango, The Razor Ramon. It's a different, actually, Razor Ramon match. Uh, the Berserker and Mr. Fuji in a handicap match. Kamala, The Mountie, Giant Gonzalez, and then they give you another nugget from uh, September of 1992, the Undertaker taking on Ric Flair. Now, Ric Flair was full-blown WCW. He was back at this point. So the WWF's putting out tape after tape with Ric Flair matches on them that are a year old. So that's kind of cool. If you look back at the timeline, he's the full-blown WCW competitor. I think he might even been world champ, or he was battling back to the world championship at that time. Um, actually, I think uh, he was approaching Starcade 93 against Vader when this tape came out. So that's a hell of a, uh, a crossover for um the wwf to take that uh you know established star from another brand and put him over in the way that they did here with flair um but gravest match is probably one of my favorite undertaker compilations to be out there uh, another absolute favorite release of mine is monday night raw prime cuts release march 2nd 1994 this is basically looking back at the first year of Monday Night Raw. And when I mean first year, I mean basically the first like nine, ten months of Monday Night Raw. And we've always talked about it here on this show since we started. Uh, they chronicled the uh, Intercontinental title Battle Royal and the Razor Ramon-Rick Martel match that spawned out of that Battle Royal. And one of my favorite things is that Rick Flair, uh, excuse me, Rick Martel gets the cover. He's in the, he's got Razor Ramon and the Boston Crab and Rick Martell gets his due. Uh, one of the greatest workers of the era gets the cover of Monday Night Raw prime cuts, which are basically their snippets of some of the little vignettes and some of the segments, you know, doink, uh, dumping the bucket of water over Bobby Heenan, you know, uh, Bam Bam Bigelow, um, you know, uh, having some hijinks with, uh, with doink. Uh, Bret Hart and Jerry Lawler. Jerry Lawler uh, interrupting a match of Bretts to uh, make fun of Stu and Helen Hart. Um, great compliment to the first year of Monday Night Raw. At that point, Monday Night Raw had never really been out on any kind of um, platform outside of just being broadcast. And if you didn't catch it on your VHS, you weren't ever going to see it again. So Monday Night Raw Prime Cuts uh, could have been a series. It was not. 
but this, uh, at least I believe in the States and this could have been an absolute, um, series they, they went with, but they didn't. This was just a segment of nine months of Monday night raw. Uh, but moving on, you see the return of bloopers, bleeps and body slams, which is an original WWF Coliseum video release from 1985. But this one, Razor Ramon defeats crush, uh, the Steiner brothers defeat the head shrinkers. Martel defeats Owen Hart. That's a pretty uh, rare victory there. Uh, via count out after Jerry Lawler comes ringside and Rams Owen Hart face first into the steel ring post. Yikes. Uh, Tatanka battles Yokozuna. Uh, Razor Ramon and Marty Jannetty defeat IRS and Diesel. That's an epic one right there. And the main event of the tape is Randy Savage defeating Jerry Lawler with a roll up after Bret Hart came to ringside and scared Lawler back into the ring. So there you go. I mean, like that's, that's what I'm talking about. These kinds of gems that were hidden for years. And if you didn't know bloopers, bleeps and body slams that was released on June 29th, 1994 was out there. You might not have ever seen Randy Savage and Jerry Lawler in the WWF. You might've seen them in Memphis. You might've seen them tease uh, some matches in the WWF, but here you go. Here's one spot. They fought on the house shows folks. And that's the beauty of uh, the house shows. How about this one? WrestleFest 94 talked about this uh, on the episode where I said the matches you got to go out of your way to see features the epic Brett and Owen Hart versus the Steiner brothers um, from uh, Florence, South Carolina, uh, recorded January 11th, 1994. This was released um, also on June 29th, 1994. A great match. Probably one of the best of the era. Go out of your way to see it. I already told you that, but this is uh, tape number 136 for you completists. I need to go and grab it. Uh, moving forward in the timeline, Bret Hart gets a release. It's his second. He did have one come out uh, a little bit earlier in the uh, or the late years of uh, uh, the Federation era. But this one is a special edition. It's very, very cool. It's got a different box. They, they, they diverted away from the slash just for this one. And it has Bret Hart giving IRS a big old punch in the corner. But it's a, a full Bret Hart uh, release and uh, very cool compliment uh, moving down the timeline a little bit. How about Razor Ramon gets his first Coliseum video release. Now this one is really good. I did have this one. This one is really good. Uh, this one features Razor basically introducing the matches himself uh, showing, you know, they always show a different side of the bad guy showing him that he's using machismo um, tough guy interviews, you know, and it shows, uh, just some, some of his best matches. It shows the latter match from WrestleMania 10, uh, matches with Jeff Jarrett matches with Yoko Zuna, um, for Razor Ramon to get it. That's a huge, huge jump because think about some of the people that never got a Coliseum video and for Razor Ramon to have one, that's, uh, that's awesome. And it was always one of the better ones. Uh, I would say it was one of my favorites, uh, but moving to hell, that was just for you. If you wanted to know, that was released on uh, October 5th, 94. Um, how about this one? Paul Bearer's Hits from the Crypt. I don't have a date for that. It's tape number 146. But this one was basically hosted by Paul Bearer, which if you can't stand the sound of Paul Bearer's high-pitched, shrill voice, skip it. Or fast forward because you would miss Lex Luger and Randy Savage defeating Yokozuna and Crush from Springfield, Massachusetts, taped on February 2nd, 94. Uh, also featuring Earthquake defeating Adam Bomb and Bret Hart defeating Quang. I mean, come on, you can't miss these. Uh, just skip through the Paul Bearer segments because the voice just kind of eats at your soul. 
then we get into 95. All right, here we go. Royal Rumble 95, first release of the year, March 8th. Uh, then followed by Wham! Bam! Body Slam. Now, we've moved on from the cover uh, variations into a, a silver Coliseum Video logo that looks like a belt with the Coliseum Video uh, yellow and orange logo smack dab in the middle. This one sees Alundra Blaze getting the cover in a match with Bull Nakano. Uh, so kind of different for WWF, but cool enough that they gave uh, Alundra Blaze the cover. The match itself is on the VHS. And again, that's kind of rare for this time because they didn't really have the women spotlighted. And Alundra Blaze was a, a good portion of the new generation. She was there, but didn't really get the... Uh, the accolades that she should have, but the match took place on October 18th, 1994 in Burlington, Vermont. For those of you who were wondering, uh, but the tape also features Bret Hart and Owen Hart in the lumberjack match, uh, Jimmy Del Rey and Samu, um, an interesting, uh, combination and, uh, Bob Backlund winning a 20 man battle Royal last eliminating the one, two, three kid that match, uh, taking place in Lowell, Massachusetts. Uh, and that's the main event of your, uh, your video cassette, um, that would come out March 8th, 95. It's tape number 149. Um, I believe I've seen this one, but I think the cover is what stands out the most, uh, without a doubt. Uh, then here's where it kind of starts to change. They thin out a lot and you're not seeing as many releases come out and you're not seeing many compilations. You're seeing just more of the pay-per-view uh, releases start to hit because in your house was introduced and that basically took the place of the Coliseum videos that were traditional to the compilations. The last one that I remember seeing as like, okay, this is a different release was called brawl in the family brawl in the family is cool because this one gives you a, a different group of guys on the cover. It gives you diesel. It gives you Owen. It gives you double J it gives you Brett and razor Ramon. Um, and gives you some matches that, again, different for the time. Uh, Razor Ramon and King Kong Bundy, another Brett and Owen match, Lex Luger and Bob Backlund, uh, Diesel and Jeff Jarrett. So you get a couple of Monday Night Raw matches dropped in there, but it's not the whole entire release. But Brawl in the Family is kind of like one of the last uh, traditional Coliseum video releases. There would be a few more, but it was uh, not in the same vein. Um because the rest of them basically going up to the last WWF Coliseum video, which is Bad Blood 97, uh, tape number 176. The only other non-in-your-house or, or non-pay-per-view show is uh, the Shawn Michaels Heartbreak Express Tour, released March, released March 11th, 1997, which is basically a review of Shawn Michaels' uh, 96 year as champion. Um, but that's a long time to, for that to come out. And these tapes were expensive. These are like $39.99 or $59.99, depending on if it was a pay-per-view or not. And yeah, Brawl in the Family looks like it was the real last traditional compilation tape. Um, unless you lived in places like the UK or, or there were some Canadian releases. Um, but let's take a look at the retail side. So you could walk into some venues and get WWF tapes. It was a little bit harder. They were um, uh, released in either conjunction with Good Times Home Video or there's another one that's just escaping my uh, my brain at the moment. Um, but 
you got SummerSlam 94's uh, Countdown to SummerSlam, which is basically the SummerSlam Spectacular. That was released. You got to see another most unbelievable matches with a different lineup than one that was released in the past. Uh, how about The Undertaker, The Face of Fear? So it's not the same as Gravest Matches. It's a different lineup, but kind of the same thing. It's Adam Bomb, Bam Bam Bigelow, Yokozuna, Kamala, and Crush, but it's a different lineup um, of matches. You got um, uh, uh, the most amazing matches. You got Super Slams. Um, in the nine, mid-95, Super Slams, and there was another Shawn Michaels release, and I believe another Bret Hart release. These were only an hour in length, so they weren't like go out of your way to grab them. If you wanted to see something different, you could get them because they were cheap. They were like 15 bucks. Some places selling them for 10 and then eventually you get them on the clearance rack for five. Uh, the one marquee of all these is Diesel got uh, his own tape, but it, you had to get it through this means of the retail store. And it's not a really great spotlight for somebody who's a world champion to get a one hour tape just kind of thrown in a retail rack. It's got like five matches on it. It's not very long. Diesel introduces stuff in between. The coolest thing about it is there's a variation of his theme music that's played um, that people kind of bantied about the Internet saying it's a, an alternate version. No, it was used for this Coliseum video, uh, and it's got some diesel voiceovers from when he won uh, the world title. But then they kind of they went a different route. They released free for all matches and the free for all was the preview show before the pay-per-views in 95, 96 and early 97. So you got a compilation of those. And oddly enough, Sonny got a, a Coliseum video release, but it was only a retail release. So it was only an hour and it had matches that Sonny was at ringside for. So she wasn't necessarily the focus. She was just at ringside for them and she'd do some interludes in between and they'd give you the I know you want me music video. Um, but it wasn't really anything too impressive to write home about. It was just seeing some matches that were already on pay-per-views or on other releases and kind of regurgitated on here. Uh, before we kind of head to the wrap-up, I just want to read some of the things that you'd get in the UK. Uh, one of the coolest things they got every year was a year in review. They got it in 92, they got it in 93, they got it in 94. Um, and it was basically like a 90-minute uh, single show hosted to yeah review the calendar year and give you a lot of the stuff that's on Coliseum videos already in the the united states but in a different lineup and it's just a cool little touch i've seen one of them i had one at one point um purchased off of ebay that was converted from uh, the the pal format pal format in uh the united kingdom to vhs uh to play here in the states um and it was cool it was good it's different uh you had german fan favorites you had uk fan favorites uh, but how about this one? And this was released in, uh, in October 93, a full year after this man was gone from the company. But the British Bulldog gets a WWF Coliseum video release in the United Kingdom a year after he's left the company. And the matches are uh, uh, British Bulldog uh, defeats Rick Martel, defeats Shawn Michaels, pins the Warlord, who like the Warlord. That match is two years old by the time this match, uh, this compilation comes out. And uh, I believe the Bulldogs either in WCW or already out of WCW at this point of 93. 
defeats IRS. And how about this one? This is really cool from Barcelona, Spain with Andre, the giant in his corner defeats earthquake. Now Andre, the giant passed away in January of this year. So uh, you're looking at a release, you know, this must have been delayed in some production facility because these matches should have been out there way, way ahead of time. So man, whoever dropped the ball on that is uh, you're fired. If uh, Vince was to step in, but you got, you got Monday night raw prime cuts in a different format. So it's not like I said, the, uh, the, the, the focus being the intercontinental title tournament. The main event of this tape is Ric Flair and Mr. Perfect in the loser leave town match where Ric Flair left the WWF until 2001. So very cool that this made it to air on uh, Monday night, raw prime cuts, the UK release. It was released on uh, February 14th, 94. And it was basically again, uh, best of the first, you know, six months or so of uh, Monday night raw. Um, so cool. Just, just so great. And there's another Shawn Michaels hits from the heartbreak kid. This is re- the only Shawn Michaels release of the, the heel version of Shawn Michaels and only released in the UK. And I did have this one as well. Same thing converted from uh, the PAL format to VHS. And this was really good. This is uh, Shawn Michaels defeats Bret Hart. Shawn Michaels and Diesel defeat the one, two, three kid and Razor Ramon. Shawn Michaels defeats Crush. Shawn Michaels defeats Mr. Perfect. Bob Backlund, Kamala, another Razor Ramon match. And uh, Tatanka and Shawn Michaels and Diesel defeat Lex Luger and the Smoking Guns. Um, Interesting enough from White Plains, New York on... uh, Why Tatanka? Oh, no, no. I'm sorry. I read that wrong. Uh, It's just Shawn Michaels and Diesel defeat Lex Luger and the Smoking Guns. Uh, Yeah. Crazy enough, but uh, September 28th, 94, White Plains, New York, Westchester County Center. One of my favorite venues. I've said that many times. Uh, but also, you know, you got some more fan favorites. You have the year review all, all the way to 95. Um, and then they just started to recycle a lot of the pay-per-views. And that's what kind of sucks uh, about how they did this um, and how they kind of phased out Coliseum Video. Uh, now, let me also point out that there was a company in the UK called Silver Vision that kept pumping out a lot more of the Monday Night Raw uh, compilations. And if I give you the number, they got to volume 11 of Monday Night Raw uh, Best Of in 97. And it's it's weird enough because it features the scratch WWF attitude logo with the block letters of raw and the cover is dude love and stone cold Steve Austin. But it is like, doesn't know what it wants to be. Is it a Coliseum video? Is it an attitude error uh, production? It doesn't really, (laughs) it doesn't really commit. Um, But yeah, these UK releases are so awesome. How about this one? The fab four, the fab four was basically a series of interviews uh, it was Shawn Michaels, the Bulldog, the Undertaker, and Bret Hart, and it was Jr. interviewing each guy and showing a few matches in between. Just different, just different. Wish we could have had it in the states. So UK listeners were very lucky for a time there in uh, in '97, where we weren't getting anything. You guys were getting some cool stuff. Uh, come on, the entrance music, 1996. Chad would have killed for that with the basically the Titantron videos at the time. Not a lot. I think it's only an hour. Shawn Michaels, Bret Hart, Sonny, Undertaker. Um, you know, the the ones that had entrance videos back then. Remember, there was no Titantron. There was only a video screen. So we didn't get to see him in the way we could now. If I type in Titantron, I can get 9 million of them. 
But uh, hey, it was a different time, folks. But I love Coliseum video. I love the little postcards that they'd give you at the video store. Sometimes if they had a giveaway, they leave it right at the counter as you're walking out and you get your WWF bumper sticker, your pencils, you know, your stamper or my favorite. There is a postcard I still have. It's got Shawn Michaels, Razor Ramon, Bret Hart and Diesel uh, and like a four way image. Just I took like 15 of them. I was shameless i just grabbed whatever i could forget everybody else who was coming into west coast video it was only for me that's all i could tell you but absolutely love going down memory lane like this love the coliseum videos we definitely have to go back on the show here and watch uh a few of them because it, they're, they're just so much fun and they could get thrown on tonight and watch like a regular show for me because i have such an affinity for that era of coliseum video and um i wish they would unearth some more stuff i mean i go out of my way to watch house show matches when i can if i find a fan cam or a dark match that's released but this is the closest you're going to get to the stuff that was never going to see the light of day uh, in terms of what we know now about the library. So let's wrap it up here now for New Generation Declassified. Like I said, the entire team will be back next week to talk about Shawn Michaels and the British Bulldog uh, love triangle with Diana Hart, the wife of the British Bulldog. Uh, some um, nefarious things going on behind the scenes, allegedly, according to Diana. We'll talk about the uh, the promos that were controversial for the day. We'll talk about a few of the matches. Beware of dog. Remember with the lights going out, we'll talk about all that. Uh, next week on New Generation Declassified. If you want to follow me on social media, it's at Chad EMB on Twitter. If you want to follow anything going on with the TMPT Empire, head to TMPTEmpire.com. Check out all the podcasts featuring JP uh, with the marquee interviews that the two-man power trip of wrestling are known for, as well as uh, taking you to school with Dr. C- Dr. Tom and so much more. Uh, and I appreciate everybody for tuning in and listening to me babble for 45 minutes. So we'll wrap it up here for today. And for the crack broadcast team that was given the week off, this is the Chadster and we will catch you on the flip side. Thanks for listening to the two man power trip of wrestling. What the world is downloading.